It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into another edition of the Skinny Podcast. It's the college basketball edition presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel of Bearcat Journal. Rick Roaring of Musketeer Report. It is the week of the Crosstown Shootout and it doesn't feel quite like that. There's not there's not the buzz that it's felt Has like. Has the shootout lost its luster? Has it completely lost its luster? Do they not should they not play it anymore? Should they not play it this early? But let's face it. I mean, based on what we've had the last few years in the buildup, it does feel like a little bit of a letdown for such a a high rivalry game. Yeah, I think when you do it this early one, you're going to lose some buzz just because not all eyes are on college basketball. And two, these aren't two top 10, top 15 quality teams right now, so you know, you're going to not see as much smoke coming out of the fire. But I would imagine once we get to Thursday, Friday or so, once X gets past Ohio and Cincinnati beats the brakes off NKU, we'll uh, – oh, oh, I was going to save that for a moment because <laughs> you've got kind of the appetizer to the Crosstown shootout for you personally. <laughs> if people could see the look that Rick Boring has on his face right now, it's both – it's perplexed, he, bewildered, <laughs> hatred, <laughs> turning to anger. No, I'm – I just – I he watched a different UNLV game than I did. I I, I didn't realize that you, NKU was going to import UNLV's players and play the game in Vegas. No, they're going to import players that are thirty spots better in Ken Palm. There we go. It's on game. There, the great point is this may turn into a better UCNKU debate than it will a Xavier. I think the UC game's more debate. interesting. It, it might be. It really might be. I mean, who wants to watch this year's Crosstown Shootout that much? I mean, I love oh, the game. It's know. my I, favorite sporting event of the year, it, but it's it, not a yeah, going to be a pretty game. But it's still a significant game for both, though, yes? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, 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 that has it. We're going to get to NKUC, I promise you. I, I don't really think that, but I just had to elicit that response from him. And he did. He had the look of bewildered. He still got the befuddled look on his face. Like, I, I have no response for, for any of this I was stuff. proud this week. I uncovered Rick's burner account. I'm sure Rick has a handful of burner accounts, and he's very uh, proud of them all. He signs it, Roger, at the end of every tweet. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I uh, found out that Chad Chad had got trolled a little bit over the last week. Uh Oh, um, I figured it was somebody. Yeah, I didn't know who, but I was just having. I mean, it was blatantly not some 90 year old man named Roger. Are you sure? I mean, I mean, well, maybe I don't know, but I, I did have fun with Rick's burner account. Well, everybody's got to have one, right? Kevin Durant's got 43 of them. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think you've only made it when you have a burner account. Is that correct? I think that's, a, that's almost like a status symbol these days, is it not? No, I don't think a burner account is. I think a parody account. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I, we still we missed our chance on doing the best parody account that, that we could have come up with a long time ago. Which is? Uh, Evan Daniels' bald spot. I like that. <laughs> I like that. You guys would have had some fun with that. <laughs> he would have flipped out. I have that one. nothing to do with that. That wasn't him. That was me. That was, just you? that was me and Frosty Tips. Okay. That was, was, was not Rick Boring for the record. <laughs> um, I, no, I, I don't think the game's lost its luster. I know you were kidding with that, but it doesn't feel like it's felt the last few years. I mean, the, the Trayvon Blewett How game could it? And, and what last year meant for both teams. But like I said, I mean, both teams are kind of playing pretty decent. I mean, albeit UC didn't play great against Vegas, but playing decent, right the ship a little bit. Those yeah. things. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the the bigger thing for me is that, like, the last few years, we kind of knew what both teams were. We right. knew they had a chance to be competitive. And going into this year, it's like, I, we don't even know what Xavier or UC are going to be. They're still trying to find their way. Um, neither of them are great, obviously. 
and both of them aren't what they're going to be yet. So it's just like this game this year being so early really does take something away from it, I think. We, we, we've talked we talked the last couple of years, too, about when when is the right time to maybe play this game. You don't want to play it deep into a conference schedule, especially when— Yeah, you do. I don't. Maybe now you do, but in, in past years, when when you were having some success and you you the the conference was a grind. I, I don't know if you wanted to do. It. I I don't know when when the when is the perfect time if there is one to play this game. Is there? I don't think there is. I think it just depends on the year. I, you know, it, some years it it'd work out like this year would probably be better later in the season because right. this is a bigger game for both teams. Like their their conference isn't going to matter as much. Last year when Xavier's going to try to win a conference championship and UC's in the same position, I don't think you want to play that game in the middle of your conference season. Didn't, I mean, Xavier still won a conference championship, so did UC. They got a one and a two seed. Didn't seem to hurt too bad being late in the year last year. I didn't say it would necessarily hurt. I'm just saying I would, like I don't think you need the game that part of the year. I think it's more for the fan's sake and for the sake of just like what you're trying to accomplish – it's it'd be preferable to yeah, have it earlier and, in the year in a year and like that's that. just it i'm not sure i'm not sure for fans sake when that is i mean it, it feels like there's some rivalry games around christmas time is that is that a good time is that not a good time I, well i just mean like last year both teams yeah, had no, big know, games no, no, week after week yes, in no, no, conference that, that's play. my point is this sudden, year those games aren't going to be right, nearly as big right i just don't i but i don't know when that time is that that you say it's going to create the buzz i mean in, in college football it's always easy you can either play it to start the year or play it to finish the year. And that's right. what a lot of teams do. And there's really no happy medium. Yeah, there's some rivalry games mixed in just because of natural rivalry games, but not like not like this. Um, I just don't know in college basketball when a good time is to do this stuff. I just don't. I don't think it matters that much, yeah, honestly. I think it matters more on what type of teams you have from year to year. And this year, both teams are coming off of what happened last year, and they're both kind of restarting things. And they're just not as good. Yeah, both teams coming off wins on Saturday. UC going to Vegas and winning uh, by five, and Xavier winning at home over Oakland in a game that uh, was probably a little tougher than the double-digit final score indicated it was. Let's let's start with UC and Vegas. I guess the good news is um, that Jaron Cumberland scored three points, and UC was able to win a game on the road. The bad news was it just wasn't overly pretty. No, I, I think you're looking at uh, Marvin Mendez as a. Uh, is a Rick Pitino disciple, the head coach at Vegas, and he adheres to Rick Pitino's um, foul on every trip philosophy, and they're not, not going to call, call everyone. All. Yep. Um, I think the second half, UC got caught up in that. It, it affected the flow of the game. I think it impacted them, but ultimately, I think that might be good as a learning experience for them that when you go on the road, you're not going to get a clean whistle, and especially play through it. You go on the road out of conference. To a team that would really need your type of win after a loss to Valpo the, the couple days before, um, I thought the first half UC pretty much dominated the first half, and then the second half I thought I thought UC got the better whistle in the first half, and Vegas got the better whistle in the second half. That allowed them to shoot a ton of free throws because they weren't shooting well from the floor at Not all. Not at all, yeah. So they went to the free throw line a lot. That kind of carried their offense, even though they were bad at the free throw line. Um, but Cumberland scores three, Trey Scott scores four. You turn it over 17 times, you get out-rebounded by six, and you're still able to get out of there with the win uh, in a game that you led. It was tied for 59 seconds, the first 59 seconds right. of the game. You see led for the next 39 minutes and one second. So while the score was closer than it should have been the second half was closer than it should have been ultimately you see controlled that game from beginning to end nice game for for Kane Broom it looked like just in the highlights I saw because that's all I saw was highlights he really did a pretty good job attacking he did and that's 
I think what we're seeing is the biggest difference in this offense. Justin Jennifer's doing it more. Kane Broom is doing it. Logan Johnson got to the rim a couple times. Uh, Keith Williams is is got to be the kind of story of the early season, I would think, for Cincinnati. And if he doesn't jump up and score fifteen at fifteen and eight, yeah, four right. offensive rebounds, they lose that game probably. Uh, he made big plays in the second half, time and time again. Um, so yeah, Kane is is doing. They're moving him off the ball and allowing him to create off the dribble and, and penetrate and get into the lane. And he's got the funny thing is he scored most of his points from the point guard position last night. Yeah, but he wasn't technically playing point. I mean, what do you, how do you define the point guard position if it's not the guy bringing the ball up the court and initiating the offense? Justin Jennifer was bringing the ball up the court. Most not of on the, the night. ones that. Not, I'm saying that's on the ones Kane scored on. It was usually him bringing it up and getting a high ball screen. In fact, they played Justin as the two guard a lot last night, which I just don't understand. Like, I don't understand what value that gives you when you're playing the two guard lineup and Justin's off the ball. It's like at that point, why don't you get Justin out of the game? Other than you just want to get him spot up jumpers, maybe. He's been. I mean, one of the better. This probably the second best shooter after Jaron right now. Yeah, and he's. I guess like it gives them a little bit of floor spacing that they don't really have otherwise. But teams just don't seem to really guard. I mean, he has to shoot more of them. I think if he's going to be yeah. off the ball um, in their lineup. Still had, had what four assists. He turned it over twice, which that's the same number of turnovers he had on the year coming into the game. UNLV did a good job in the second half of speeding UC up and getting them uncomfortable. And I think that's what I thought. Look- that's what I thought. Again, what I saw, that's what it looked like. Kane was really excelling to some degree, not just high ball screen stuff, but getting he, a little bit in transition he, and going yeah, to the rim. He, he he did at times. He also had a couple. Yeah, but I think, boneheaded turnovers at times as well. I, I, just, I know I hate to say this too because I I'm a coach that hates turnovers, especially sloppy ones. But the way he plays, I just got to live with some of that. I just have to do it. I have to live with it just to get some offense because it seems like it gets him going. Well, they, I mean, they have 14 or 17 turnovers. 17. Yeah, I mean it was bad. It, when you're going to turn the ball time. over like that, anyways, I mean. Part of the problem is they're playing that basically Mike Bray's burn offense. They're not initiating anything until 16 seconds left, and the team's pressuring them. So, like, that's hard to just yeah. hold a team off when you're trying to just hold the ball at the top of the key with no action. And then you don't really have guys that are, like, good one-on-one creators at right. the end of a shot clock. So you get guys, like, trying to force tough stuff. I mean, it's it's kind of what they're settling for, and that's why you're getting 17 turnovers, I think. But it's also keeping the low possession game and keeping it in a manageable situation. I mean, is that the best for them just because they don't have enough real scoring ability and shot makers? Probably. I mean, as it develops, maybe it gets a little bit different throughout the season as guys get consistent. Right now, there's just not a lot of consistency, and that's... I did kind of like when they went when they were doing the burn offense, when they went to putting Kane as a baseline runner and running stuff for him to kind of free him late in the shot clock and let him try to create, because he is the one guy who seems to be able to free himself one-on-one a little bit more. Darren can, too, most of the time, but he was... It was not a good night. Yeah, for but stuck in neutral. And he's a guy that like he can bully you off the dribble a little bit, but he's not a guy that's going to go by you or shake you. A he, whole lot. He, yeah, he's going to get shoulder to shoulder even with you and kind of bully. Yeah, to just the rim. lower it and go. Yeah, but that gets tough at the end of a shot clock when guys are in position and they're yeah. not like haven't been moved much. And especially if, if you're playing a team that, that's long down the road. I mean, once you make that move and bully your way, then all of a sudden you got two guys standing at the rim going, "No, you're not going to be able to do this." I still, I think, still think he's way better suited to get him on the run and create whatever you can in transition for him, whether it's a spot up jump shot quickly or him coming downhill on a quick catch and go where people are having a hard time matching up and then when he does get shoulder to shoulder does get a shoulder into you 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 can't stop it the only way you can stop it is fouling I mean still that's a pretty good defense UNLV that they shot 48 no I I, I don't want to crap on the win because I mean like I said you go on the road to win that game it's kind of in the middle of of nowhere in the schedule for some you know to some degree and it's a random quick trip in quick trip out 
kind of a weird start time all told especially i just it just i, I there's no apologizing for the win yeah it, it, it's it, it's just you know offensively it just feels like that that there's not a lot of freshness there again and that I on guess the bright side they hit six of 12 from three yeah i mean without that they don't have a chance yeah and, and like you said, I, I think what Williams is doing is really, really good. I'm starting to really like him. His, I thought it was going to take a lot longer, quite a bit longer. And, and I was really high on Keith Williams coming in. Right. He just, last year, I think, one, he really struggled with not playing. And that's really, you know, he was the best player in New York City. Like, that's got some juice behind it. And he comes in and plays, what, 10, 11 minutes a game last year. I think that really got to him mentally. And that's and, probably that was probably the right amount of minutes to play on that team. It yeah, really was. Yeah, I mean, but it's hard for the kid. Sure, like the kid struggles. He doesn't. Yeah, he, he even though you can tell him, look, you got dudes in front of you, man. It's just it's not a matter of you. It's a matter of your young A and B. I got guys that are just better, and that's the way it's going to be. Your time's going to come. And it is funny. It's easy to say that, and and it's the right thing to say, and it's probably the honest thing sometimes right. to say. Kids just don't get it, and they're just I, it's, no. It, they 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 well one. All of them believe they've the got guy. a chance at the NBA, right, sure. and they want to show that. And and I get it. I mean, it's guys go through that. It's it's part of being a four year program that a lot of freshmen are going to come in and be frustrated. Um, I was explaining this to Keith last week, and Jacob Evans came in and played twenty minutes a game and sat behind Shaq Thomas, and Jaron Cumberland came in and played twenty minutes a game and sat behind Kevin Johnson. Right, like you were behind Jake and Jaron. Yeah, a little different. <laughs> even a little different caliber of player at that stage. You were behind yeah. Jake and Jaron, yeah. but I, he's coming on and he's playing with confidence. The biggest thing for me, he has been a force on the offensive glass, and he just gets up and he's gotten in there, gotten his nose involved. His athleticism is fantastic, and he—I mean, he—he he got four offensive rebounds last night. And you'll love this stat: so many second chance points for him or for the team. For him on four oh, offensive I, rebounds, I, six probably eight. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good ratio. Yeah, one hundred percent. Unless you can grab an offensive rebound and run to the three point line, and Jack <laughs> went up real quick. That's a pretty good ratio. Yeah, so it's like the quiz section of the podcast know, where too. you get pop quiz. I know. I, I was close. Six yeah. is close. I, I, good effort. Seventy five rates. I get a C for that. Yeah, I mean, but knowing the the coach in you, yeah. you got a kid, a guard. The guy gets four offensive yes. rebounds and scores eight points. You're feeling pretty good about I, that. I the kinda, one where he like, didn't like dunk it but threw it through yeah. the dude's hand was that was fun to watch. Yeah, that no. was like that's one of those plays that fires your team up and gives you a little energy. And then, and then the one from the top of the key where he drove straight down the middle of the lane and hammered it two hand tomahawk was another one that gets everybody fired up and and jumping around. Yeah, so that win. We'll talk about uh, the NKU game and, of course, the Xavier game here in a moment. Let's talk about Xavier's win over Oakland on Saturday. Um, they had a hard time with Xavier Hill Mays. I mean, you he think? was uh, especially the first half. The second half, obviously, was was a lot different story. Probably, boy, that first half. Xavier the, almost beat Xavier. Probably the MVP of the Horizon League. Oh, there's no question. <laughs> Be- better than anybody that NKU can throw out there, maybe. <laughs> You know what? He's he's pretty darn pretty damn good. good. He's, <laughs> he's tough to stop in, say, in league play. I, I, I think he is that. too. He had thirty points and uh, uh, got a little shot happy at the end of the first half. But my God, they couldn't stop him. So I think I got shot happy too. I, I don't call it shot happy if they're all going in. I well, mean, it's not like it was a bad percentage. A couple of them late late in the half looked like he had run out of gas and came up just a hair short. He probably did run out of gas. He's like 255, <laughs> and like he's strong but not in the greatest shape in the world, and he had used about 75% of their possessions in the first what, half. What, what did Xavier do differently than want him in the second half? Because well, they, they just they, went they, – they always do their three-quarter front. Right. And, like, here's the – it's funny because fans are like, well, why didn't you adjust right away? It's like, well, to a certain extent, you want your guys to learn what you do. Your well, system there, is a well, three-quarter there, front there, for a reason. There, there's two things. A, you want them to learn what to do, 
B, you're like, all right, can this guy keep this up all half long? Well, really? you, you want to put some pride in your players that's saying yes. you're going to beat him playing yes. our way. And then finally, it's like, well, clearly letting him catch the ball, period, is just not getting it done. So yeah, whether he go. was in the post, could turn and face, was 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 coming off whatever screen action they have for him. He was... He was, he was an offensive machine in that first half. And it's not like you know Xavier's coaches don't understand that, yeah, we have better length, and if we go to a full frontal in the post, it'll be harder for him to get catches. They understand that. But you wanted to see your guys play through it a little bit. Sure. It didn't happen, so at halftime you had to make the adjustment. He just didn't get the He was still really effective when he got the ball in the second half. He just didn't get many touches because Tyreek Jones did a, a good job of fronting him. Yeah. Uh, offensively, another struggle for, for Quentin Gooden, but you did have six guys in double figures. I guess that's the, the good part. The other part, though, is the inconsistency is just – it's alarming at times. Well, and the problem is for Quentin at this point, it's becoming consistently, consistently incons- not himself. Right. I mean, he's just – he just hasn't looked. He's had is one it, decent it, game. I, and I'm not going to use the excuse, but, I mean, the injury has to be a factor here, right? It's got to be playing some mental stuff with him too, right? I mean, I don't know if it's that, if it was missing time, if it's something else, if it's just making the transition to trying to be more of a leader right. and more of a scoring option. But – his decision making was really bad at the beginning of the year. I mean, he had those the game against Wisconsin and Auburn where he shot 19 times, I think, and then 18 times right. in back to back games. He's cooled that stuff off. He's not taking seven, eight, nine, ten threes a game anymore. Him taking ten shots and three threes, fans didn't like that and think it's too much because it's it's tied for the leading team shots. Who else is going to take them? Well, and if he's, like, I mean, he's such a downhill guy that if you get deep enough, you still think, and maybe that's where some of the fine line comes in. You get to the point where you're like, I'm in a spot where I can score it, but maybe you're just not in that mode right now to score it. But I also can't blame him for trying to score it. I'd be more uncomfortable. Like fans are so worried about him taking too many shots or shot selection. I'd be much more worried about his feel just hasn't looked like himself. I mean, he had a play in transition where he just threw the ball. Didn't see a defender coming in, tried to throw the ball. Najee Marshall was kind of a lazy pass. Um, There's a thing where he caught the ball sort of in the middle of the zone at the free throw line and just turned and and didn't look like he was comfortable and threw it away. That that's the stuff that I'd be more concerned of because he just doesn't look like himself when he's doing that. Is he looking like kind of why we were concerned about him being recruited as a point guard? Well, but I, but I mean, he 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 outplayed that clearly the last two years. Yeah, and that's the problem. I think after that point, it's like he clearly understands the point guard side of it. But now, what's going on with his feels? It just he's in a little bit of a funk, or is it is not he, having a security blanket of is he trying? And- is he trying to change how he's playing? And the one thing fans also have to understand is like one of his threes came at the end of a shot clock. It's, yeah, it was that, a, it was a, where yeah, you had right. to force up. Uh, his long mid-range jumper but there have been that looked games, like... And you said, there have been games this year where his shot selection has been atrocious. Right, but I don't think it was yesterday. Right, right. I think he, he needs to make some of them. He had that floater in the lane that he came up a foot short on when it was a four-foot yeah, shot. Yeah, and that's like, the stuff I'm talking about. That, there's that fine line of you want him to attack and think score in that circumstance. It's just a matter of, all right, if it's not going to work, you're going to have to do it. But it, I, I can't blame him at this point of the season to continue to try to score stuff like that. Yeah. Anytime he comes downhill, if I was them, I'd say... Just attack, attack until you can't get through somebody. Just go, man. Well, Just go. My final point on that would be they have gone. I mean, it's in something they're doing in practice where it's kind of the John Calipari philosophy of get it off the backboard with this team because their best offense is offensive rebounding right now. And so if Quentin gets to the point where see, he's attracted the big man as a help defender, he's taught to throw the ball off the backboard. I mean, even if he can't get a good And let shot somebody else go and get it. Right. Because they got multiple dunks sure. off of that yesterday with Tyreek Jones and Zach Hankins cleaning up the misses. So those a, are good plays. There's going to be a new category. You know, the category is going to be R.A. You know what R.A. is? Rebound assist. It's what yeah, you I mean, that's, that's essentially what it is, what it is, what it is at that point. And it's, it's worked out well for them. Yeah. So some of those shots are that offense. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah exactly, exactly right. It's Chuck. a good offense for both teams right now for their guards Chuck to and Chase, baby. throw up Chuck. a wild layup and miss it if they've attracted a help defender. Right? You, know, you see sometimes a guy calls said he'll put a finger up or he'll pat his head, he'll give a zipper thing. Chuck and Chase. Chuck and Chase, baby. Chuck and Chase, go. 
That's good offense. It works. And with defenses sloughing off of both these teams and packing it in, it's not as easy sometimes to fit passes through when sure. you're driving into your big sure. man. So get a defender to come over to try to block your shot and just miss it. Yeah, yeah. What did you like about the way Xavier finished the game, though? I mean, Oakland's there toe-in-toe. It's it's really a one-possession. They had a chance to make it a one-possession game. Oakland did. Um, Xavier was able to, to, to stop them, make a couple free throws, and kind of extend the lead at the end. Did you like the way they finished? I mean, I— Oakland's so bad defensively that there was no reason Xavier couldn't get whatever they wanted whenever they wanted. So to see them finally do exactly what they should have done and and make good decisions was a good thing. Um, But was I I impressed with it or think they're like turning a corner here? Absolutely not. I mean, they're still clearly a team trying to find their way. Yeah. Um, All right. So this week, uh, Xavier plays Ohio. But let's talk about another game. And it's not the Crosstown Shootout, which we'll get to. Xavier and and NKU. uh, Cincinnati and NKU. Cincinnati and NKU, rather. Excuse me. Uh, NKU coming off a win over an NCAA tournament team last year, Maryland-Baltimore County, probably not even close to the same team that it <laughs> was a, a, a year ago. Um, I'll start, I'm going to start with Rick on this because I'm going to let you say your piece on it. A couple weeks ago you said at the time NKU, at the time, and I want to be clear that you, taught, you specifically said at the time you thought NKU was a better team or would beat Xavier and UC. That's obviously changed. Perception changes, seasons change, weeks change, all those things. What has convinced you, though, maybe that NKU can't win this game? Because, I, I mean, I don't think they've done anything other than maybe a half against UCF offensively where... First of all, let's not put words in my mouth. Okay. I do not think NKU can't win this okay, game. Okay, all right. I would favor UC a Well, sure, a little that's bit. logical. But I, I also felt that way after the Ole Miss game. UC did not look at all like the team that beat Ole Miss against UNLV. And I think NKU plays a similar style to UNLV, but is better. So, if... Now... They're not going to be playing that game in a different time zone across the country. Right. That's a big factor. I totally recognize that. Playing in their new arena, it's going to be a little bit different. But UC also shot the ball pretty well in that game, 6 for 12. So, I mean, if they go 3 for 12 against NKU and limit possessions in the same way, I think they're going to be in a close game against a team that shoots the ball much better than them. So that gives them a chance. On the flip side, I would favor UC because what gives NKU trouble so far this year is teams that grind you out, slow it down, don't let them get paced, don't let them run, and UC is 100% going to do that. Yeah, they're not going to be able to get out and just fly up and down the floor and shoot open threes. And The interesting thing for me will be how they handle McDonald's. Yeah, as I say, what's the matchup there? That's what I was going to say. Do you think they just go match up zone so their bigs yeah. aren't drawn away from the basket? No, in their matchup zone, their bigs are 100% drawn away from the basket. But you're keeping them central. I mean, like you're not you're not going to put them in the ball screen type stuff. If no, it's they man still man. do. They 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 switch. I mean, Nizier Brooks has been on a guard probably a hundred times already this year. Right on a guard. That's what I'm saying. He's not sticking with McDonald the entire time. So you yeah, can yeah, trade yeah. that off. You're yeah, not, you're not putting your big man in the situation where he has to be stuck to Drew McDonald no matter where he is. No, no, no. I mean, they're going to switch everything and play that that, that right. pass-off matchup, you know. That's why I assume. Yeah. yeah. I, they're, I, not, I, they're not going to try to stick to Drew with a big man. I mean, no, I no don't think they're going to try to do that with anybody. It's because it's just not how they play, how right. they play anymore. He's, he's all in on this matchup zone, like, and he's gotten his own wrinkles to it. Um, I know uh, Davenport came up and worked with – were he was here for a whole day um, – that that designed it or not Davenport but um Seton Hall Willard Ralph Willard's the one that invented the, the 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 defense and came up and spent a day with Mick and they were going over some philosophy changes and some different thoughts and it's it looks a little bit different than it has in years past um but that's kind of their their defense now I, but I I don't is McDonald playing the five they're playing them both. I mean, it okay. just depends. He starts at the five. So a Trey Scott on him, I think, would be a pretty 
favorable matchup for UC just because Trey moves really well. He's not going to stretch Trey out. No, do what I mean. But, but he seems really good in that trail spot on the break. And yeah. if you don't recognize that and find, oh, him, you're gonna that, have to find him. That's where he makes you pay. That's the biggest thing is UC doesn't seem to, especially when they're in the matchup zone. They don't game plan for shooters specifically much. Like they don't treat a specific shooter differently than most other players on the court. And that's what we've seen in the Xavier game a few times that's given them trouble. Or even not even Xavier, but a lot of different teams over the years where one guy who's a good shooter gets hot, gets one or two early, yeah. and it's like, oh, that stings because that's the type of guy. Drew's that guy. Yeah. I mean, if he hits his first two, it's like it's going to be a good night because he usually doesn't miss after that. If he if he goes over for three to start, it's like okay, he's probably not going to be shooting as many threes tonight. So I think that is an interesting matchup. But the biggest biggest storyline right now is Jalen Tate because he's the their best defender, the only guy that sort of gives you a, a chance against a guy like Jaron Cumberland. Um, he's by far the one guy who's most well equipped to play at a higher level than the Horizon League. He had a groin injury, sat out two games. Comes back against UMBC, plays the whole game, looks pretty good. And then at the last minute of the game, him and Silas Adiki collide heads. He gets a knockout blow to his temple from Silas's mouth. And, like, who knows? Is he in concussion protocol? He's got a big gash above his eye. He hurt his knee. Who knows what area he's going to be at after this? And they don't have a game in between. So his health is going to be a huge factor because they totally missed him in that UCF game. Yeah. If they have him on Dawkins, it could be a little bit different of a game. Um, put that point aside for a second. It does seem like when NKU has played the teams of UC's caliber or maybe even just a notch below, that if Drew McDonald doesn't have a big game, they have absolutely zero chance. Is there a player or two that, that could step up and give them some points, and who would they be? Yeah, who would they need it to be, I guess? I don't think that's as big of a problem this year, especially when Jalen's there, because Jalen's scoring more. Last year he was just a defender at that level. Well, but the UCF game, who else stepped up to score? Well, Jalen was out. Yeah, if well, Jalen's okay, in that okay, game, right. it's a different okay, game is okay, what I'm saying. Enough. He okay, gives gotcha. you another okay, option. Fair enough. Um, Tyler Sharp has been really scoring well, even against like UCF. He had a great game. Um, and then Dantez Walton would be the other guy who pretty consistently has at least knocked down open looks from the three-point line, which coming into NKU was not something he did well at all. He's really become a reliable open shooter, and then he's been a little more aggressive, um, but he still pits, picks his matchups, you know, picks when he has a good opportunity to score. Then he'll look to be more aggressive in driving. How weird of a game is this for UC? Because just because it, it's, it's the bigger school, smaller school, I mean, let's face it, one's a mid-major, one's not. Um, how much pressure is there for UC, especially with – Xavier looming some I don't think much I mean I don't think anybody around town is really outside of him is really making this a big deal the rumble for the river um something like that sure I will say town hoedown it's interesting I've I've been hearing rumblings I stole that from the Norse (laughs) okay all right and and I've been hearing rumblings and Kane Broom mentioned this in the post game last night some 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 Norse have been chirping well, to the Bearcats. I don't think that's a good idea. Maybe not. I think you lay low and you hope, you know, in between UNLV and Xavier, they're kind of looking ahead. I don't think you want to chirp. Now, it's friendly because these two teams, obviously, with UC playing over there last year, they right. played a lot of open gym sure. together. Sure. The guys know each other. But uh, but I know the Norse are uh, very confident in their abilities to come into Fifth Third Arena and, and get a win. We'll see if that – we'll see if poking the Bears is a good idea there or not. I know personally, I would be like, don't even, don't even think about me. Does act like none of this is even happening. We're going to come in and, and walk out in the middle of the night with, with a scalp. That's what I would think. Yeah, I'm not a big talk guy. 
I know. I know. Rick. 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 Rick endorses. I think. Rick, know I, I think. Rick. Here's the thing. I think Rick took social media accounts of NKU players, and he's the one running his mouth and his burner account. Yeah, all those things. Probably. All those things are stirring the pot. I've he, got an intern doing it. I, I bet you do. Yeah. I actually bet you do. Is his name Roger? Yeah. Um, are you looking forward to this game, Rick? No, not at all, yeah, Stanny. Nah. Yeah. Which one are you looking forward to I, more? Oh, not even close. This one. Okay. Yeah. Because this, you this is more of the fan. Tell, tell him what you said to Berg. Well, no, because most of my members won't listen to that podcast. Tell them what you said to Berg. I, 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 would, I would absolutely sign up right now if Xavier would lose by 50, even though my message board will be very mad. Ooh. I would sign up for that if NKU wins, Xavier loses by 50. Mm. I would sign that deal in a heartbeat. Ooh, you don't mean that. You Unsubscribe. Why, why Unsubscribe. Not? I am Rick Doring's conscience. He does not mean that. He does not mean that. I do, but the message, my message board should understand. I think they know that about me. You're a fan. That's okay. You're a fan of NKU, and you, right. you cover Xavier. Yeah, like, I mean, that, it's just what it is. Like, I, I don't wish any ill will towards Xavier or anything. I want them to do fine. I want all those people to be happy so they're not mad at me. But. He's also in a situation where the team he's kind of been a fan of outside of work is now in a position to play a game like yes, this and, and, and have and maybe some success. Not consider it like a, a shocking miracle if they won. Right. Yeah, this isn't like a, an absurd buy game where it's just like take your 25-point butt kicking and go home. It's like NKU's a borderline top 100 team now. I mean, if they play really well and UC struggles offensively, it's going to be a really good game. If they get the same UC that played UNLV in the it's, second half. It's, no, the whole game, it's going to be really interesting. Where, where is where is NKU on the list of teams that... that UC's played so far. Ohio State being one, probably. Behind Ole Miss. Yep. Probably a little bit ahead of UNLV. So third on the list, probably? Yeah, ahead behind of George, Ohio State. Ahead of George Mason, clearly. Yeah, yeah, clearly. yeah clearly. George Mason's not And all the rest, it. obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want to go by Ken Palm, they're clearly the third. Ohio State's okay. 28, Ole Miss is 66, and uh, NKU is 117. UNLV is 142, and George Mason is 165. So, And none of the other ones are close. Yeah, right. right. 200s or 300s. Right. So. All right. Um, Xavier, as I mentioned, does play Ohio. We'll, we'll skip by that quickly. Let's just uh, move ahead to, yeah, to Saturday. Cares? Yeah, move ahead Bobcats to Saturday. bad? And the shootout. It, it just doesn't matter with right. the Xavier team right now. It's like they're fighting themselves, not the other team. They're better than Ohio. And in the UC game, it really won't matter what they did against Ohio because if they win by 30, they could revert back to their old ways. If they lose, they could bounce back and play like they did, you know, against Auburn. So you just, it's hard to tell with this team. Right well, now. that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I don't want to give the cliche of give me some keys because in the past you go, okay, you need to do this and this and you have a fighting chance. You need to do this and this and it'll be better for you. I, I, I'm not sure what to expect from either one, and I mean that sincerely, both good or bad. I really don't. Well, I mean, if Xavier gives up like a couple open threes to Jaron within the first few minutes, well, I, he's going to start feeling it. I think it's over. Yeah, I, like I don't think. Okay, and if Xavier does the sort of typical thing of they're not ready, like we've seen, we saw it against Oakland. They give up some open looks, and UC gets going at all. Xavier's done, in my opinion, because they they don't have a team that comes back like last year's team. Um, if it's the ugly, grinded-out game that I'm expecting it to be where neither team can shoot at all. Because the way you take advantage of Xavier's defense is by making wide-open threes that they give you. One, I don't know if UC wants to even take those threes. And two... It took 12 against UNLV? I mean, they, yeah. I, and they, if, they take, if they take more than 15 this year, it's pretty shocking. Right, and so the way to beat Xavier's doing that, like, you're not... Granted, UC is elite offensive rebounding, so I don't want to say you're not going to beat Xavier that way, but like their strength is defensive rebounding, toughness, you know, guarding inside the three-point arc. They've been pretty good at that. They've had other issues. So I think Xavier, the way, Xavier's strength matches up well against UC, but if it's a grinded-out end-of-the-game situation, I think you'd probably favor UC because they have Jaron Cumberland in that situation. They know who their go-to guy is. I don't think Xavier has that answer right now, and UC's at home. Well, they're coming off a loss too in the in the rivalry. So, 
No, no, no. I'm saying like, and Savior, like not not the NKU. <laughs> I mean, I hope they're coming off the NKU. <laughs> yeah. But I think like each each year, if you come off a loss, the yeah, next what, year you kind of well, got a little edge. Like when I, people freak out about like Xavier's won three of the last four, it would have been splits at home if Gary Clark doesn't lose his mind and foul Trayvon Blewett with ten seconds to give him free throws in that game to put the game away. Like you're looking at what probably should have been a split over the past four years, and it's generally been. Now, UC games have been the wins at fifth third have been closer than the losses at Cintas Center. Also, could you put an asterisk on that Lenny Brown game in ninety? Because I don't like who he shouldn't have made that shot. Like you can't you can't count that. I'm talking about a clear like no, mental I'm like mental one in the country mental <laughs> number two in the city. Well, they dribbled the ball off their foot to give it back to him. Yeah. It was kind of a mental lapse. Yeah. Who was it? Not Field Williams, or was it Field Williams? It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't yeah. remember. Um, for, for UC, what do you what, what what do they need to do in this game? I think defensively they can really confuse Xavier because I think this matchup is like I said. I, I think they're doing some different things out of it this can, year. Can Ryan Wellage get deep enough to bother them? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> can he guard anyone? Well, there's that. I mean, I, I don't know how many minutes will play in this game. Like it's just that's he that, this, a huge, he for him. This might be a tough. With the physicality of this game, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for Ryan Wellage to win the game, I don't think that's a, a strong play for Xavier. Just say, say, go down there, stand thirty feet, make about four or five of these, shoot them out of it for a little bit, and then we'll get you back out, buddy. I okay, think, little I buddy. Think if you're we'll Zav- get you back out, little buddy. I think if you're Xavier, you hope Mick Cronin does what he typically does, which is decide like one player on Xavier's won't shoot because he hasn't all year, so it'll be Kyle Castlin. He'll hit three and threes he in the first half, shots, right? And you'll get like nine points that you weren't expecting in a low possession game. Um, how which? TV timeout, like we're going in four minute segments. Which TV timeout do before do we see Hankins and and Brooks tangled up? The first did one. You, did you miss say Cronin? <laughs> That's after the game. Oh okay. Um, I think I think it's where JP McCure makes a cameo appearance. I would, out of the stands. I would bet my life on words exchanging between Cronin and Hankins in the first half. Um, Brooks, I didn't know he was like really a, a problematic guy. He's not a problematic guy, but he's he's going to tussle. He's, he's he's got some emotion to him. Yeah, well, I'd probably I would say maybe the uh, we'll see a little something by the final media timeout of the first half, and then by the second one of the second half. And maybe technical. It, it maybe it depends on score either way, right? When, when yeah. one guy it gets just chippy just because of the way the, the game is going, one way or the, the other. The odds for Zach Hankins technical in this in Vegas Pretty would high. be like minus nine ninety. <laughs> It's happening. It's just a matter it's of when. Like definitive. I, I like. The he only gets one crosstown shootout, so he's make gonna it, make it. Make it. He's gonna th- have to make z- the most zip, of it. Zip him up, Zach. And I don't think he has any respect for the rivalry in terms of like. He doesn't, I don't doesn't know enough about it. Right. Exactly. Right. I think he thinks it's gonna be funny. <laughs> the whole thing is gonna be a big joke because that's what everything is to the kid. So yeah, Mick won't take that well. Yeah, I don't think anyone will. No, that's that's probably, he's a white guy with cornrows. That's probably a good point. Well, UC's kind of got one of those right now. Yeah. Justin Jennifer, Logan Johnson. Oh, okay. He went. He, you didn't see him the other night. I didn't know he was white. Half okay. mixed. Well, I think that's. I think that's. That's a different ball game. It, but his complexion is very light skinned. But he went. Up. He went cornrows and Karate Kid bandana. With the tie and the the two like pieces hanging down, it was it was a pretty good look. I was I was a big fan of it. Well, there you go. There you go. That sounds like that sounds like that sounds like somebody's going to tussle. It sounds like a tussler coming up in, I, in this game. He'll battle you, man. He's I like him. He's fun to watch. That's one thing about him. He is not scared of anything at all. I, I 
I not arguing with this or saying like it's a bad coaching decision. I would I'm just saying strictly from my perspective, if I was the coach right now of UCI, I think I would be starting and playing Logan Johnson like 25 minutes a game at point. Like just because I think he's clearly going to be so good, I would just want to start the process now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not he's not their best option right now because he makes a lot of mistakes, but. He's he, going to be. He's talented. He's going to be. Well, we always see there is always a guy in this game, right, that kind of does some things that you don't expect or comes out of nowhere. So, I mean, I, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Usually that's an upper class. Yeah, man. I is, mean, right, Justin right. Jennifer would be a good candidate for yep. that this year. I could he's, see Trevor because he's shot like – he's finally starting to get his shot going a little bit. Yeah, that one would surprise me. I could see him knocking down two or three threes. I mean – But yeah, there's, there's, you know, there always is that guy for whatever reason. I think maybe it's just because – both staffs are so familiar with personnel that you are trying to take away as many key options as you can. So that means somebody is not going to to, to get the same level of attention. It just it, it happens that way. Wellage from the bench. I'm saying, man, Wellage comes across midcourt. He's going to tell him, "Listen, just let her fly, baby. Give me. I'm gonna, you. You get. A, you become Vinny Johnson for about a two minute span. We're just going to get you touches. Let her fly from wherever from the hash mark. Oh, look, if from the, the ball from touches the side of the bench, it's going, going up. up. Oh, I, mean, I know that's that. Been the case I, all year. I, I realize that. And he bangs a few, and then you go, listen, thanks for getting us the lead, little fella. Now get out because you can't guard. We'll get somebody in there who can do it for you. And then maybe the lead gets shrunk, and you put him back in there, let him jack up a few more. Maybe. We'll maybe. See. We'll see. Or maybe NKU wins, and UC bounces back with a 50-point dub. That's, it could happen. That's, that's possible, too. And then you know he that. sold his soul to the devil. No question about it. If I see that take place, I'll know. I'll, I'll know that or somehow the fix was somehow in. I don't know how it would have been in, but I would know somehow the fix would be in. Uh, let's talk Kentucky for just a second. And one guy that I'm starting to really like, Keldon Johnson. Yeah, he's good. Um, I, I'm not sure I still like their team all, all told. It's hard to tell right now because they're going through the soft spot of their schedule. They do play. It's kind of weird for them. They're, they're off until Saturday. They play Seton Hall. They're off another week. They still have Carolina. I think they got Utah. Then they still have Carolina. They still have U of L. So they finish pretty good in the non-league. Um, and maybe we'll know more about this team before they go into SEC play because I think the SEC is going to be really good this year. Do they need to settle on a point guard? But they, I, I think he's trying, and I think it seems like it's a cycle of – The problem is who try- do you settle on? Right. That's the issue. He's got three of them, and all of them are – Different, eh. and they're all different. Each one's eh. had a game where I'm like, right. "Oh, he's starting," right. and then the next game it's someone else. So I don't know what the answer is there. Do, I just watch this team, and it's like, man, don't you wish all these guys could just come back? Yes, like they yes. would have a really fun team yes. to watch next year. Yes. I feel like yeah. if you could get most of these guys to come back, they are fun to watch on the offensive glass because that's a big part of what they just oh, fire. They, they, they just, play hard. Just throw it in Chuck and Chase, Chuck and Chase, man, and they got they got some dudes that they're going to grab Off- offensive rebounds on you. UCX and Xavier are all running the same offense this year. Chuck and Chase. Well, you know, the dribble drive was intact for a while. It was, was kind of the thing to do. Now everybody would be doing the Chuck and Chase. You got what, what, to have some principles to Chuck and Chase, though, right? You got to have some floors. Somebody's got to be floor balance guy. You can't just have everybody chucking and chasing. There's got to be some principles to it. Yeah. No, you have one guard who gets back on defense. That's it. Get yeah. back guy. Yeah. You get back, the right. get back guy is the only important right. so part of that So instead of anymore of having the one, the two, the three, the four, and the five, you get four guys who are go get it, and you're the get back guy. Yeah. That's the only thing you got That's anymore, it. Yeah. right? That's the offense. That's it. I kind of like that. Um, they did uh, show something, I guess, because they were down against Greensboro. Greensboro They're does decent. some good things. Yeah, they do. They do yeah. some good things, and they Greensboro got a couple good a nice guys. Team. They are a nice team. Um, but I thought Kentucky pretty pretty much responded in the second half, and Kelton Johnson was a big part of, of them responding. And Tyler Hero made a few shots, but I, yeah, it's just it'd be nice to see this Kentucky team dominate one game. Right, like, just come out right. and really put a full forty minutes together where they look like one of the top ten teams in the country because. I still think they're probably a top 15, top 10 team in the country. Yeah. They better, I mean, that three-point defense. But better, they have not better, looked like it for a full game yeah. yet this year. Yeah, that three-point defense has got a long way to go, and then Saturday straight line drives got them at different times too. So, Which is really it's a bad, excuse, It's a bad really. combination. Yeah. When you're that athletic of a Correct. team, 
teams can't be straight line driving you Correct. to death. At the very look, some of the three point defense they haven't been good all year, but some of it you can skew it a little bit because of VMI. Bubba. Yeah, because of Bubba and VMI. But but a lot of teams have done it. They haven't done it to the extent VMI has done or Bubba has done. But yeah, the straight line drive stuff with that length the, and the athleticism. Look, it's one thing I, look, that level guys can get blown by. But you got rim protectors. You you can't have that happen on a consistent basis. And we're talking about it's the dregs of the schedule that have done that too. You haven't gotten to you haven't gotten to to the teams I talked about at the end of this month and the teams you're going to face in the SEC. And right. So that that's where you're going to have to find whatever level of improvement there is. So there we go. All right, boys. Any final thoughts for you, Trad Brendel? Bearcats get the Virginia Tech in the military I bowl. I like that. New Year's Eve. Beats the alternative, the Gasparilla Bowl. It was either going to be Military Bowl or you Independence. To the Gasparilla Bowl, no, I, we're talking college football week of the Crosstown Shootout. My, how things have changed in yeah. Bearcat land. Yes, they have. We just talked Crosstown Shootout for twenty minutes. I, it's a college basketball podcast. It seems appropriate. It, it is, but he's going to chuck in. He's going to chuck in the Military Bowl. I, I like the Military Bowl. I'm glad for you, see, because it's actually a team in Virginia Tech that that matters. Yeah, right and it, 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 it kind of stinks getting. It's the third time since 2008 that they've played Virginia Tech in a bowl game. So that's. Yeah, that, but Annapolis, Maryland, New Year's Eve. It's, it's not awful. Could be worse. Baltimore's not far away. Baltimore's, Baltimore's what? About twenty miles? Not a little further, but not by much. Maybe half, half hourish. Half hourish. Yeah. And DC is about thirty minutes yes. too. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I think I think you'll enjoy it. See if I can find some trouble. I think you'll enjoy that very much. How about you? You got a final take? Arb Roaring? Nope. North up. I, I, I think that's what I was waiting for. Something north up. All right, there we go. Where's your horn thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, the, I don't know what you want me to answer to that. That sounded sick. Yeah. Do, 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 do that again for <laughs> me. There you go. It's close enough. That's 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 pretty good. Is that the horn thing you're thinking of? I don't know how to answer that question. Okay. I don't have a horn. Are thing. you are you going? Yeah, I'm sitting behind NKU's bench. Oh, how about that? He so called it a favor. So he'll be that guy. He'll be the one. Or don't. Now we talked about this. Don't be heckler guy. Oh, I'm not. I won't be heckling. The players. Trust me. Trust me. The ushers will be alerted. Okay. I won't be heckling players. <laughs> the ushers will be alerted. Oh, my goodness. I, I did my best to see Don't if hurt I could. Him, Hammer. I tried to get him a really good seat for the Crosstown. Where was that going to be? Last row, upper deck. They're, they've got some space up there now that they used for the Ohio State game. Just sit me and next were, to the Cronin family. They were like, I don't think we're going to need it because I don't think we're going to have as much media for the Ohio State game. And I was like, no, just Rick. Like, one table, one chair. Yep. Put the little... His special spot. Tape. You tried to get me card. a t- 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 uh, ticket to the Ohio State game? No, no, no. For the Xavier game, oh, I tried to get them to put Ohio you State. where they put the overflow from Ohio State. Oh, gotcha. They it's don't right. think they're going to need safer. the overflow because they don't think there'll be as much national media that was at Ohio State. Mm. So they, they tried to get you put up there. They said they weren't going to need it. And I was like, well, you can just put one table and one chair, put the little UC Athletics welcomes Rick Brewing Musketeer be, Report. I'd be fine with that. I heard there's not a bad view in the new place. That's exactly not. right. Yeah, there's no, not. I'd be fine with that. All right, very good. Beggars can't be choosers. That's correct. And you guys will be back on Sunday in the Sports Authority to break this all down. We'll be back here next Sunday to break that game down, correct? Oh, really? Is Bengal season's not interesting enough for Sports Authority anymore? You want to start talking about college basketball now? It's mm-hmm. not interesting for me anymore. I can tell you that, my friend. You, it's a, It's a... Piss poor effort, Skinny. It is. Just like the Bengals yes, every indeed. Sunday. It is, indeed. All right, I uh, look forward to seeing you guys next Sunday. Well, actually, I won't see you. I'll be in Los are, Angeles. Are you, are you, oh, you're not credentialing the, the Crosstown shootout? No, I'll be flying. I'll be, I'll be already flying that day to Los Angeles, Will we see you Tuesday? Um, Can I ask you why? Because yeah, I booked the flight a oh, month God. and a half ago. That makes and that's, more sense. If, honestly, if I had to book the flight today, 
I just said we're not making that trip, but good. That's but flight's good. already booked, and yeah. so I'm going to book that flight. I might have a cancellation policy. I'll be I'll be watch I'll be watching the the game in an establishment from somewhere with with no rooting interest other than a good ga- good clean game. <coughs> yeah, you guys don't believe that either. No. All right, boys, have a good one. For Chad Brendel, who's about to die, and Rick Boring, I'm, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the College Basketball Edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.